This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. just like a friend from 6 and 10 p.m. And she's brought us countless stories about what's going on. And so let's just go ahead and welcome her to the show. One of my favorite people in Mississippi, Maggie Wade Dixon. Maggie, you know what? This is way overdue. We should have had this conversation (laughs) years ago. But thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on today. Marshall, you know that you are one of my very favorite people. And let me tell you, it was so hard not having Pepsi Pops this year because that is one of the few times that we really get together, see each other, and get to work together on that. We've done that for years. I know. it. I mean, you know, one of many things that the virus has disrupted, of course, Pepsi Pops is, you know, there's thousands of people. It's such a great positive event. But for me, it's like a family reunion because I get to see you. And, of course, I see you every time I turn on the television, so I feel like <laughs> I get to keep up with you that way. And, of course, I follow you on social media. I I just wanted to get you on the show because, I mean, there's been a lot going on. You've popped up, and we'll talk about that in a little bit later in in the news. But I just wanted to hear a little bit about your life and about your story because it's just been so incredibly fascinated your whole career. So I guess probably the best place to start would be at the very beginning. Where did did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. Um, Though my parents weren't farmers, my grandparents uh, were. My granddad um, was also uh, an educator, and um, he was a farmer, did cotton and all of that good stuff. And um, we lived um, on that property that's been in my family, oh, my gosh, for, you know, so many centuries. Grandparents were, like, two doors down from us. So every single day I got, I got the chance, the opportunity, and such a blessing to sit at their feet and learn from their wisdom and um, hear stories about our family. And, of course, uh, so many members of my family went to Jackson State University. I was the 89th member of my extended family to enroll at JSU. But I said, I want to be a lawyer. And I had been offered a, a scholarship at Mississippi College. So I said, you know what, I can go there and I can uh graduate from there and go to law school. That was my plan. That had been my plan since I was probably at about nine years old. So I transferred to MC, still love Jackson State, support Jackson State, work on all kinds of things with Jackson State. My family would disown me if I didn't, but I, I, <laughs> I have a great love of my heart uh, for Jackson State. And um, 
so I, you know, I went there and I worked in the athletic department, believe it or not. My work study job was in the athletic department. And one of the coaches was like, you have a great voice. You should consider communications. I was like, no way. That is not what I want to do. I want to be a lawyer. And so. Um, okay, hang on just a second. I, I don't want to interrupt anything on you, Mackie. I could literally let you talk for the whole hour, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around you being a lawyer and how different our world would be <laughs> if you had become one. Tell me about it. Well, let me tell you, I, I, I don't know why, but it just seemed um, just I was enthralled with uh, corporate law, and I just thought for some reason, and I would have been horrible at it. I realize that now. <laughs> God knew it all along. And, um, but I ended up working at WHJT, and, um, and let me tell you, it was a wonderful experience. I started working at, with the salespeople because my major was marketing with a minor in accounting. And so uh, they ended up putting me on the air. Then Randy Bell, the wonderful Randy Bell at Miss 103 WJDX, Randy um, called me in for an interview. I ended up working at JDX and Miss 103 as a marketing. I would make phone calls to people. I, I got cursed out so many times because you would literally <laughs> go through the phone book and call people and ask who they listened to and that kind of thing. And then I was on the air. And then an opening came up at WLBT for weather and – I, I don't know how I ended up doing it. I think one of my classmates talked me into it. So, I, you know, I said, okay. I really did it on a whim. Um, and I was horrible, I thought. Met Woody Asaph, so I was happy because I met Woody Asaph. And it was so funny, Marshall, because they had this giant map with all the states, and they want you to just, you know, pretend you're doing a weather cast and talk about the states. And it's so funny, I thought about a third-grade geography teacher, Mrs. Armstrong, who was over seven feet tall. I was convinced that she was an NFL player uh, on the side. <laughs> I thought she was mean, but she uh, hammered, hammered geography into me and gave me such a love. And I thought she hated me, and I'm so glad I got the chance to say thank you, this being World Teachers Day. Mrs. Armstrong was one of those, all, all my teachers were, but I'll never forget her. But I didn't get the job. Didn't do the they called me back to do another audition. I said no. I did not want to be rejected again. And so I just I said no. Miss Walter Seidler called me, and I said no. That's okay. And one of my family members, the late great Ed Bishop, said, "You are nuts if you don't go back." And he said, if you don't go on your own, I will forcefully take you down there. <laughs> and so I went, and um, and let me tell you, the rest is history. I did the audition. An hour later, I was employed at WLBT. It was my senior year at Mississippi College and started out doing weekend weather. And now, 38 years later, I'm still there. And uh, it'll be 39 in February 2021. Maggie, I'm seriously, number one, I, I would know that you would never, ever, ever say landmass about Mississippi if there was a hurricane coming to her. So, I, I mean, number one, I, that makes me feel good that you that you were that you were a weather person. But getting to work with Woody had to be a lot of fun, too, because he was such oh, a yeah. sweet man. And, and I don't yeah. think if, if people don't know Woody, they just don't realize that at that time, he was literally Elvis in the state. I mean, he was. Every, yeah, everybody loved Woody. And oh, so, he and was it's wonderful. And it's been kind of fun watching you kind of fall into that kind of role, too, because everybody, I mean, we saw it and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I mean, everybody, 
nobody's mean to Maggie Wade because she's like, <laughs> you know, everybody's favorite person and for good reason. But I, I, what I think is really amazing, and I, I want you to talk about this a little bit, because a lot of people, when they get out of journalism school, they'll go work at a small market you know, television station, maybe 110 out of whatever markets, and then kind of move their way up, you landed at, you know, at the time, you know, the the premier station in Mississippi, you landed there, you've been there, you haven't moved, you're at home. I mean, your career is really unusual how you've handled it. Well, uh, one of the things that um, I learned very early on is what a blessing it was to be at WLBT and to be in my home state. My family is here. Um, all of my siblings are here. I have one brother who lives in Nashville, but everybody else is right here. My parents were here, and they got to watch. And my grandmother, before she passed, um, she was able uh, – she was blind. She lost her sight to diabetes when I was a little girl. But she got to listen and just – the encouragement and the love. And I'll tell you, when I started doing weather, I was horrible. I said Mississippi probably a thousand times in that two minutes, 30 seconds that I had. I didn't get much of the forecast out, but I said Mississippi. And people were praying for me, and they would call <laughs> me and encourage me. And one lady told me, I'll never forget what she said. She said, I am cheering for you. I think you will do a great job, but I but understand. I can see, and I know I'm in Mississippi. Stop saying Mississippi so much. And um, I'll never forget one night she called me back. She said, I called you weeks ago. I'm the lady, and she said, you're doing much better. And I said, thank you so much. And it was it's just really, um, I just, I, I've had offers in other states, um, you know, but it wasn't really worth it to me. It wasn't, you know, there's no amount of money um, that could replace what I have in Mississippi. This is home. My family is here. I love what I do. You know, like you said, I landed at the number one station, which was unbelievable. I couldn't believe that they wanted me. And so what I tried to do is work as hard as I possibly could to earn the right to be there. And, um, and that I learned everything I possibly could. And when I tell you working hard, that meant seven days a week. Um, and at one point, I was even the assistant in the personnel department because at that time, weather was not a full-time position. So I worked as uh, an assistant to the personnel director, human relations, and did interviews and you know, gave typing tests to applicants for other positions. And then I would go over to the news department and work in the news department. So, you know, one of the things that I hope the, the young kids out there understand is when you're given an opportunity, it, it may be the last thing in the world that you want to do, but work, learn, prove yourself. And if you work hard and you have good work ethic, people will notice. And, and that was, I think, more than anything else, all of the weaknesses that I had because I didn't mind working. And when you grow up in a rural area and you grow up around farmers, one thing you learn is the importance of working hard and working long. We're talking with award-winning news anchor and journalist Maggie Wade Dixon. Maggie Wade, everybody knows Maggie Wade, but I just thought I'd let you know that. Maggie, <laughs> I, I tell you, um, and, and this is I, one thing I love about you, and I really admire you, and I try to, you know, what, I want to be like you when I grow up, is that you're on the air, what, 
an hour, an hour and a half a day. I mean, you're on that amount of time. Those other hours of the day, you are giving back to the community constantly. And as you, you were talking about working for seven hours a day, I mean, seven days a week. Is that part of it? I mean, I know you care about the community. You grew up here, but it seems like every time I turn around, you've just spoken where I'm speaking or you're about to speak someplace or everything else. You have to put in 12 hours a day. I, I do. I have long days, but let me tell you, I, I thrive on it. It is. I, I tell people all the time, I work to pay the bills, and I do everything else um, just to stay, uh, stay sane and to stay connected with people. Um, it is so important to me to be involved in the community, and God has blessed me with the platform of television. Just as he's blessed you, you have a wonderful platform. And really, it's a ministry. If you look at it that way, it can be a ministry that can bring good. That's what you use your talents to do, Marshall, and that's one of the reasons I love you so much. And that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to use the fact that, you know, I'm born and raised in Mississippi, um, the fact that I was educated here, stayed here, raised my children here, and it's important to me that this state is the very best that it can be. So I, I play a very small role, but giving back, you know, we, and you know my, my faith, but to whom much is given, much is required. And so I think it's important. I think it's important for kids to see me and to see you and to understand, you know, we work for what we have and life is not always perfect. But if you keep working, if you hold on to your faith and if you believe in yourself, there's nothing that you can accomplish with hard work and with faith and dream big. And, and that's what I try to use my life to do. You know, it's easy to say that something you do might change somebody or somebody. I, I can honestly say that about you because I know how many hundreds of lives that you've changed through Wednesday's child. How did that come about? Um, Wednesday's child um, is, is still my heart to this day. I actually was filling in on a weekend, and at that time, Mississippi uh, children who were in foster care who were waiting for adoptive families, their forever families, were being featured on a station in, I believe it was Alabama. This was back in 1985. I had, I had been at WLBT about three years then, and um, I filled in one weekend, and they had an adoption picnic. And that's where they bring uh, potential parents together to meet the kids. Well, I forgot about doing my job. I spent most of my time talking with the kids, playing with them, giving them the microphone. And I didn't know it at the time, but the social workers and um, the, the, um, some of the workers with the Department of Human Services were observing me. And they, the next week, they came to WLBT, met with Bert Case, the wonderful Bert Case, um, who was our news director at the time, and said, we would love for WLBT to do this segment featuring foster children in the state of Mississippi who need adoptive homes. And Bert said, well, wow, that really sounds great. And they said, well, we have one condition. And he asked what the condition was, and they said that Maggie Wade do it. And so they brought me into the meeting, and we talked about it. And I, immediately I said yes. And they said, we just watched you with the kids, and the kids can spot a phony a mile away. And because of, you know, and I've always loved kids. I, my dad was like that. My dad was the man that all the kids sat next to in church because he was giving them candy. And, uh, I mean, and so I get that from him, but I've always had a love for children, and I'm the oldest of seven. So we have a huge family, and 
nieces and nephews. So there's just a big, big place in my heart for children. And I started doing that segment. And, oh, Marshall, let me tell you, those babies changed my life. Um, it's amazing having one of them come up to me now as an adult and say, you made me feel loved. I'm not going to cry. I, you know, I'm at that age now. I get emotional. Um, you made me feel loved. You made me feel like I mattered. Um, you told me that you cared about me, but more than that, you showed it. And now I'm a parent. I'm a mother. I'm happy. And, you know, you made a difference in my life. That's the most rewarding thing that can happen to you. And I feel that that's one of the unique and special roles that we can have as journalists where we use what we do to make a difference in the lives. And, and what, oh, my gosh, what could be better than being able to touch the lives of children? And so it, it was really an amazing and wonderful segment. And I'm telling you, those babies blessed me far more than I could ever bless them. And uh, as a result of it, we had more than 7,000 children, I believe, who were adopted. Uh, during the time that Wednesday's child was on the year. And so that was, that to me is nothing else. You know, I, I feel like, thank you, Lord, that you allowed me to be a part of that. It's time for us to take a quick break and we'll return. We'll continue our conversation with the amazing Maggie Wade Dixon. Hey, if you have a question or comment, like to call, well, dial in 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB. Think Radio. I've been working my whole life, and now it's do or die. I am invincible, unbreakable, unstoppable, unshakable. They knock me down, I get up again. I am the champion. You're going to believe you can't hurt me now. I can't feel the pain. I was made for this. Yeah, I was born to win. I am the champion. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Hall Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes. That was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Many people wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. When I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally. I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man the fellows stand, or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. 
When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say, it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palms of my hands, the need for my care, because I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. All you women and me. Welcome back. This is MPB Think Radio Inside. Now you're talking. And I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Tell you what, today we're having a great conversation with just one of my friends, one of Mississippi's true treasures, the phenomenal award-winning news anchor and journalist, Maggie Wade Dixon. Maggie, um, I tell you, one of the things I enjoy, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, about you and I will go do Pepsi Pops, and, and I always joke <laughs> that I'm kind of like your sidekick, because, I mean, you are the rock star on that stage, but we walk through yeah. the crowd, and everybody knows you. It, it's so funny, because when you're on television like that, you know, you're coming into people's living rooms, or they may be eating dinner, or but it's like you're a member of the family, and so... You're, I mean, and I'm not just blowing smoke at you. You're truly beloved in this state. So this next part of the conversation is one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on. You had a viewer, and you touched base a little bit earlier about how a viewer had called up and given you criticism, or and it was pretty constructive criticism, to be honest with yeah. you. But I think something that people don't realize, and particularly with women, that people on television catch a lot of grief about their – not just the most shallow, vapid things like – you know, how you look and everything else. And you got a particularly hurtful, nasty email recently. And and I think that's something that I want you to talk about. But I think your response was so beautiful and so incredible. And then the response of the community was even more beautiful. So yes. tell us a little bit about this and what happened. Well, um, actually, I was about to do the 5 o'clock newscast. And uh, Going through my emails, I try to check my emails, and you can imagine I get tons of them every single day. But I, I came up on this email, and I started reading it, and um, when uh, it, it said that, you know, she had met me in 91, she had moved to Mississippi, and that she was impressed, and that she even called me, and I was kind enough to tell her where I got my hair done because she was new to the area. And then she said that, um, you know, she wanted to give me some constructive criticism. She mentioned that she had struggled with writing it, but she said that my appearance had been on a rapid decline year after year, that my, uh, I think she said my hair was awful or terrible, my clothes were awful, and my weight was offensive. Well, my first response, I kind of chuckled because it was like, wait a minute, what, what? is this? And, <laughs> yeah. and what? Then, right before you get in the air, too. Good grief. Yes. Um, it was, um, and, and that's the, the house phone. I'll go where we can't hear it. Um, but it was really, it took me aback. I, I was, I guess I was shocked. I was disappointed. And then it, it really set in, um, you know, that this person uh, was watching me and 
the only thing she was seeing is, you know, the, the superficial, you know, um, and Marshall, there are days, and you know this, that, you know, we may be working on a story up until the last few minutes and run out to the set and comb my hair. I, you know, I don't take 30 minutes uh, to do my makeup, and I try to make sure that I'm always professional. But, to, you know, when she said year after year my appearance has been on a rapid decline. and Yeah. And Maggie, can I interrupt for just two seconds? Sure, Number one, that's sure. not true. I mean, that, that's just not true. I mean, I've, I literally, I've watched you for 24 years, and you're as pretty now as you were back when I first got here. So that that didn't make any sense on that. But, I mean, seriously, that like I said, I, I'm on television with conversations here at MPB, and I literally can watch myself. My face gets fatter. It gets skinnier. It gets fatter. My clothes are wrinkled. My hair is a mess. I it's usually stink. And I have never received one email from anybody <laughs> complaining about how I look and how I look terrible, and, except maybe my wife. So, I mean, I just don't completely <laughs> understand. I mean, that's – but see, that's what's so unfair about it because women get just beat up on this kind of yes. stuff. People are much harder on women, and believe it or not, usually – women are harder on women and yes. uh, through the years um, every time I've gotten something that has been you know super negative usually it has been another woman and in this case it was a woman and you know the the thing that's so crazy about it is a male can uh, you know one of my colleagues uh, can wear the same jacket with a different tie no one notices but okay you, it's Howard jacket, okay yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, but, um, but if I did that, if I put on the same jacket two days in a row, even with a different blouse, I, I'm, I'm going to hear about it. If, um, you know, I've, I've had calls from everything from your gray is showing um, and uh, your lips are too bright, uh, stop wearing false eyelashes and stop winking at me. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, and it's like, and usually, you know, I do, it, it doesn't bother me. But this took it to a new level. And, you know, at first, um, you know, when I got past the shock of it, and I, I just had to pray. I said, you know, because I've learned that hurting people hurt others. And, you know, usually I can joke about it and say, yes, I am fat. You know, I'm filled with faith. I'm available and accessible to the Lord, and I'm teachable. So I love being fat. But when she said that my weight was offensive, that that's totally different because that's body shaming and that's never appropriate. It's never good. It's never constructive. And she tried to, you know, when she said it was constructive criticism, basically it was veiled cruelty and not just, and I can take it, you know, I, I mean, I've been in this business long enough, but I kept thinking about that child out there who was being bullied or body shamed or someone um, who may be going through a hard time and how this would impact them, you know. And I said, no, this time I've got to respond, and I prayed about what my response would be, and I said, and I, I need to share it because people need to know this is not good, you know. And it's like I said, tell me two stories that I did in the time that you watched um, what I was wearing and how my hair looked and, you know, and what makeup, you know, focus on the quality of my reporting. There was not one word in the whole email about stories that I've done. It was all about 
you know, this superficial stuff about appearance. And that's what was most disappointing is that, you know, Marshall, you know, we, we work hard and uh, we're out in the heat, we're out in the rain, and, you know, my hair is going to poof up in humidity and in the rain. There's nothing I can do about it, you know, and I try to do the best I can. Um, but, you know, my focus, again, is about the quality of my work to make sure that I have the facts, to make sure that, you know, I am putting the truth out there and not telling people what to think, how to think, or who to vote for, but to give them the information that they need where they can make up their own minds and they can research it. And so to be reduced to, you know, the, my hair, my weight, and my clothes after, you know, almost 39 years in this business, it was just very hurtful and disappointing. Your response was beautiful, and then I think what was even better was the response from the community because I mean oh, you yeah. you took the, you took the high road, and literally it was like it's the end of it's a wonderful life except nobody passed around a basket and gave you a bunch of money but <laughs> but yes. but I mean I mean I I mean I wrote a little tiny post and I think a thousand people liked it and shared it and everything else because it's like you realize what a treasure you are when you get that kind of outpouring of love. When I saw your cartoon, I have to tell you, that was the first time that I cried. I, I had not cried the whole time. And that morning when I saw your cartoon, it was like this relief. And, you know, um, I read um, a long time ago that we cannot allow others to hold our happiness, happiness hostage. And when we give people the power, um, you know, to, uh, in how we see ourselves, and, you know, I don't try to please people. I spent a lifetime trying to please people. And as I began to age, I realized that as long as my husband is happy and, you know, he hasn't complained, not to my face anyway, and, and I please God, the rest of it, it's, it's okay. But when people started responding, sending me flowers, and I got cards. I had neighbors who put cards in my mailbox, and the support and the love, that you showed in so many thousands of other people, let me tell you, um, it was, it may have been meant for evil. I'm not judging her. I, I really, if I met her, I would give her a hug um, because I think she needs the love in her life. And I hope she's touched by love and light. And I said that over and over again, but let me tell you um, the love that I received and the support and the encouragement let me tell you, it gave me the strength. It was like walking on clouds. It really and truly was, and I am so grateful to Mississippi. And, you know, it may have been meant for evil, but God turned it for good, and so many people could relate. I think it resonated with so many people, especially women, because of the criticism. You know, people equate you to how you look and what you wear, and, you know, they need to look at our hearts and what's in our heads and, and what we contribute to this world and let the superficial stuff go. And I don't want our kids to think that, you know, they've got to have on particular kinds of clothes and, excuse me, have the, the latest designs in order to be important. They are important and they matter and they're wonderful and they're beautiful in just being themselves. And, um, this gave me the opportunity to remind us, I hope all of us, and even myself, that, you know, life is short, and we're all beautiful. We all have great things about ourselves. 
So we can either let people tear us down or we can try to, you know, it's just one of the, the bricks that I'm using to just continue to build good things. And um, I pray for her. I really and truly do. I don't want to see her hurt. I don't want to see her vilified because that was not the purpose of me sharing it. My purpose was to remind people before you sit behind that keyboard or your phone uh, or you go to social media to attack somebody, think about the impact of what you're doing and how you can hurt other people. And if we could just be kind, I, you know, you don't have to like me, you know, and the bottom line is if you're watching me that closely and I bother you that much, why watch? I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject myself to that. And um, so I'm just, I don't know, I'm, I'm praying and I'm really, really hoping that people will see it's so much easier to be kind. You know, focus on the good things that you've done in your life. And that's what I tried to do. And my, my husband is so funny. He reminded me, he said, you know, not one of those kids that you met during Wednesday's child cared how much you weigh. Uh, they didn't care how your hair was, whether it was in a ponytail. They didn't care. Uh, about any of that, the moment you took them in your arms and you embraced them and you made them feel loved, that was all that mattered. And he said, and that's what you have to keep doing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he made me cry too. But <laughs> it's just that's what's really important. That's what matters is how you treat other people. And at the end of the day, you know, yes, there are days I don't like the way I look. I struggle with my weight, and, you know, I admitted that, and I try to work on it. But what's most important to me is how I treat other people. When I come home at night, you know, I want to make sure that I have not hurt somebody. And if, if I've done anything, I try to encourage and lift them up and just try to be as positive as I possibly can be. And I'm not perfect, and I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect. I missed the mark, too, but I'm not too proud to say I'm sorry, and I messed up, and it's my fault. And, you know, I, I, I don't mind doing that in a minute, even with my husband, because I think sometimes we can have this righteous indignation. And to me, righteousness doesn't have indignation. When you try to just be righteous, then God will make sure that it's right. And so in this case, I truly hope that if there's somebody out there who was feeling negative about themselves and somebody had said something to them that they remembered, they are beautiful, um, we are all wonderful in our own way. And so I hold on to that. And, you know, I, I hope my heart is as big and makes those people feel as loved as my weight is. And that's the way I look at it now. I tell you, and if there was ever a lesson that we needed to hear in 2020, it's that. We actually have a caller. We've got Barbara from Louisiana who's on the line with a comment for Maggie Wade. Hello, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Thank you Hi, very, Barbara. very much. I thought I heard this beautiful voice on the radio, and it was Maggie. <laughs> Maggie Wade, how are you, my love? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. You staying safe and and taking care of yourself. Yes, ma'am, I am. And listen, I hope you are too. And everyone, please, you know, this is the time we have to keep our guard up. We can't let our guards down. Don't you be, don't you be apologizing to nobody for what you weigh, kiddo. <laughs> Thank you. 
Now you, you hear so that? Kind. Bless you. Take that. I remember you. I can remember you way back yonder when you were at the Miss Miss Mississippi contest and all of this yes. kind of thing. Maggie, I'm an old woman. <laughs> well, so am I. <laughs> no, you're not I as old as I am. <laughs> ah, y'all be careful with y'all. Take care, Maggie. You Thank you, Barbara. Bless. Thank you so Thank much you for so the call. Much. Thank how you, dear. Bye, bye. Oh, how sweet. She's family. Everybody knows you. We're going to take a quick break and we get back. We've got a few birthday surprises in store for our guests, so don't go far. This is Now You're Talking on MTV Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for joining us today on Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Hey, today our guest is none other than the award-winning news anchor and journalist Maggie Wade Dixon. Well, Maggie, in honor of your birthday on Thursday, yes, uh, we ha- yes happy birthday. Uh, happy 29th birthday. Um, oh, thank you, know. you. The anniversary of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, we've got some birthday surprises for you. We couldn't really have a cake because we couldn't have you in the studio today, but um, I think this is going to be even better. So the first surprise, uh, she's like your second daughter, and you mean the world to her. So let's welcome to the show now, Tony Hughes. Tony, hey, welcome to oh. – thanks for being on here today. Tell us what Maggie Wade has meant to you and your family. Maggie means uh, family to me and my family. Maggie is my godmother. She's been there yeah. for me since I was about – 14 years old. Uh, my mom, who's actually here with us, as a part of her her surprise. Well, um, if you could choose, what would be one important lesson you've learned from Maggie? The most important lesson I've learned is just to be yourself and to make sure you make time for your family and make sure family is the most important thing. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Thank you, sweetheart. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, Tony, I know there's oh, someone there with so you. You'd mentioned that would like to say hello to Maggie as well. Good morning, Maggie. This is Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Uh, <laughs> I don't know my exactly what to say because you mean multiple of choices for me. I knew you when you were just a child. Not that I'm your grandmother, but my <laughs> husband used to say that we were partners in crime, the good yeah. kind of crime. Uh, we did a lot of things together, but... I remember the day that you started working at WLBT, the kind of impression that you made. We actually didn't have a position available at that time, but I was so interested in keeping you from going maybe to other stations and being, 
um, let's say a whole lot of competition for WLBT. <laughs> so we actually put two jobs together to make one for you, and that's the best move WLBT could have made. You came in, um, you never took over, but you were always there willing to help. And you started out doing one thing, then it was always, well, what else can I do? And you ended up uh, going from department to department in a good way. And you made a very impressionable impression on everybody around you. And I honestly believe that's why you're there still today. Oh, George, thank you so much. I love you both. Thank you so much. Well, I tell you what, Maggie, we got one more big surprise for you here because we're just going to keep it going. We're about to run out of time, so I wanted to get our next big surprise on. I think you know her very well. I just wanted to tell you what an inspiration you are and how much you mean to to everyone in the community, but especially to us. And we just love you so, so much. And, you know, we we think that you're a spectacular person. And so to us, it doesn't matter what anybody (laughs) says about you because we know what a wonderful person you are and also um, what what a wonderful parent you've been and what a wonderful grandparent you've been. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Oh, my gosh. That's my daughter, Kimmy. Yes. <laughs> Kimmy was nine months old when I started at WLBT, and so she grew up there, and I would always lose her because she'd always make a beeline to Woody's office because he always had candy for her. Ah. Yes, and the 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 precious moment solved. Remember Kimberly, the the degree? I knew for sure if I could, if if anybody had me, it could be Woody or Bert, one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Kim. Hey, Kim, it's Marshall here. I, I just... Knowing what my kids might say about me on the radio, I, I mean, I would be a little worried personally if I asked this question, but I know you're going to say good things. What was it like growing up with having, you know, the world famous Maggie Wade as your mom? Wow, it was um, it was intimidating at times, <laughs> to be honest. Um, wow. In a good way, though, it did it really did push me to um, to do my best and um, to just strive, uh, to, to be a a good person, um, an all around rounded person. Um, she was so accomplished and especially when I got to high school, you know, she, she'd been doing it for quite some time at that point and everyone knew her. So (laughs) when I walked down the halls, it was always like little Maggie, nobody really knew my name was little Maggie. And so, (laughs) um, it was, it could be intimidating because I knew, you know, what, what, she had so so much uh, accomplished so much, and I was striving to be that. But one thing that she did have have to sit down and talk to me about was like she wanted me to be my own person. She didn't want me to be her. She wanted me to be Kim, and she said, "I want you to be the best Kim you can be. I don't want you to be Maggie." <laughs> so, um, and once I accepted that and understood that, and that my mom was not wanting me to to do all the other things that she's done, and and just you know to be the best person I could be. That really, you know, changed a lot of things for me. And um, but it was always, you know, an adventure. She took me everywhere she went, so <laughs> I got to to see and meet a lot of people. And, and those were just wonderful experiences. And and I feel like I was able to to share that also with my daughter. And and she still shares it with her too when she goes different places and things. She'll take her with her, and she tries to take over. Um, she thinks every microphone <laughs> belongs to her. She does. <laughs> 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 but 
Um, but those are all things that I can share with her and, and, and that help her, um, you know, become a better person as well. And, and so it's just, I mean, it's been a wonderful experience and, and, um, and I can't thank her enough for just being a good mother and, and a friend too, because, uh, you know, we talk, we, we'll call and talk to each other about everything. (laughs) Well, we're, we're, we're running out of time. Kim, thanks so much for being on the show. And and Maggie, thank you too. Have you got one little last bit of advice before we, we have to go? Love yourself. Love God. Put him first. And when you put him first, everything else will happen just the way it's supposed to happen. I love you, Marshall. Thank you so much. And, and Michelle, I thank you both for this beautiful and wonderful opportunity and I love you both. Thank you so much. Man, love you too, Maggie. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. Can't wait till I get to see you in person next. Well, we've come to the end of another great show. We want to thank you for joining us and thank our guest, award-winning news anchor, journalist, and Mississippi treasure, Maggie Wade-Dixon, for sharing her story with us today. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show again or any past episodes, you can listen to the podcast or on your favorite podcast app by searching Now You're Talking. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Josie Bidwell is coming up. And be sure to join us next Monday at 10 a.m. for another great conversation here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all stay safe.